Hey everybody, welcome to episode 13 of the Xbox Addict Podcast, and hanging out with me tonight is Symmetric and Variation. Say hi guys. Hello. What's up? What's up? I like that. Anyways, uh, this is my first time hosting the show. Ken was uh, abducted by aliens, I think, and uh, he won't be coming tonight, so... I think you completely forgot, but uh, we'll we'll use the alien bit for a little while. So uh, we've got a really really good uh, podcast for you guys tonight. We got some previews from the THU games. We got uh, a little chat about uh, Portal Two. So stay tuned. And at the end, I've got a small announcement to make. So, anyways, let's step forward here, and I'm going to talk about some games I saw in San Francisco. THQ was nice enough to invite me over there to check out uh, a few games uh, one being UFC Trainer which is a Kinect game Red Faction Armageddon uh, Warhammer 40k Space Marine which is developed in Vancouver and MX versus ATV Alive. So which one do I start with guys? Which one? MX uh, nah, <laughs> MX. UFC Flip a coin. Let's start with UFC. How's that? Now cool. as much as Brent really loves connect we're gonna talk about this and he's gonna be biting his lip and whatever but ufc trainer is uh i won't say a very different kind of training game or exercise game so there's like the biggest loser out there there's uh your shape by ubisoft is there any more guys did i miss any yeah there's a couple of knockoff ones ea the EA one. oh that's right there's, uh, there's a few of them one. for a six month old device right <laughs> so Anyways, I'm going to peg UFC Trainer as the exercise program or app or from, for Connect for guys. It's, it's a macho training thing. It really is. And it's pretty intense. It's not like putting on leg warmers or any of that stuff and start doing some routines or whatever. But Well, I'm out then. I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, with, uh, with UFC Trainer, uh, what I did notice and what the guys mentioned was there's no lag in between the response times if you're doing a punch or a kick or that sort of thing. It's pretty responsive. I was actually impressed. I'm not really impressed by the Kinect device in general because of the lagginess, but I know Adam's been asking earlier on the show on the whole thing, but it is responsive. When you throw a punch, it's actually quicker than a lot of these other exercise games. So, you know, it's pretty cool. So is it like enhanced Taibo on steroids or... What kind of exercises besides just like punching and kicking do they offer? You know what, I I am not a UFC aficionado. I mean, uh, uh, whatever you call it, an expert <laughs> will. And uh, you know, I really thought that the game really offered a little something different than your just other exercise games. I mean, I've seen Your Shape and I've seen The Biggest Loser, and I'm left with a whole hum. But you know. Um, there's a guy in there, Greg Jackson. He's one of the trainers that actually trains um, real trainers. If you know MMA, you know who that is. Well, exactly. And yeah. he, he's pretty famous, apparently. And I had a chat with him, and he says, what you get in the game is what I teach my fighter. In other words, nice. it's it's the same. And it's a gradual thing. And he actually tried it with some of his trainers in his studio, he was saying, and uh, with connecting while they were testing and stuff. And they kind of liked it, so... The exercises are real, apparently, so it was kind of cool. It's it's being developed by Heavy Iron Studios, which I think did Wally. <laughs> so for THQ, there's a change. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a change of pace from Wally to UFC Trainer. But you know what? Between you and I, guys, it looked good. It was responsive, and uh, like I said, I'm pegging this thing as a exercise app for guys. It's a macho thing, you know what I mean? So, you guys got questions about it? I mean... No, uh, I think people got to realize it's not a UFC game. It's, it's it an is not game. That's right. Not, it is not... not pretending you're fighting someone. Nope. You're punching exactly the bag it. in the bag. You're, you know, push-ups. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly it. It, it. People can't be... THQ is not putting that out there, but... It is not a, a I'm, I'm training the fight. No, it's the exercise they give the fighters and the training that they do. And you go through the same regime or regimen or whatever you want to call it, the same steps of exercising. Uh, and they made that very clear. And uh, the one guy that was demoing it, I didn't want to get off my butt. 
to, to go do that. I'm too lazy. But basically, this one guy, he was up there for 15 minutes and he was breaked out into a sweat. So wow. it, 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 it was intense. It wasn't like just like one, two, three, repeat and whatever, you know, jumping jacks or whatever. No, this thing was pretty intense. It was, uh, I was impressed. I mean, I looked at it and I went, good, it's a different kind of exercise, you know, not just the whatever. So. Well, would you say that this would be the best exercise game slash app for Connect? Oh, I, I don't know because I don't, I haven't tried all of them. I think okay. each exercise game has their own flavor. Like if you look at your shape, it's all about peace and tranquility, and blah, blah, you know, and butterflies, like right. that, you know, and this is more like in your face, go, 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 go kind of thing, you know, so it's, it's, it's the opposite basically. But like I said, I think I'm going to peg this as the exercise game for guys. It's a macho exercise game. The girls will like to do it too because, you know, I'm sure it firms everything up, but still it looks pretty cool. I mean, I was actually impressed. So anyway. Nice. So let's move on to the next game. Uh, I was relatively impressed with uh, UFC Trainer, to be honest with you. The, the response, is, the responsiveness was actually the thing that impressed me the most. Uh, the next thing, which, which one you want me to talk about? I got Warhammer, I've got Surprise Red Faction. Red Faction. Let's talk about Red Faction. I had a ton of fun with this game. It's different a little bit than the other Red Faction game, and it's more linear. And, and story driven than the other ones. If you guys have played uh, the previous Red Faction games, it was almost like Grand Theft Auto in the desert, right? It was almost yeah. like run around yeah. everywhere. This is more like, you know, go through the tunnel and, you know, it's a story driven game basically where you, you end up in a place, you do a phase, there's a story, next, next area, and so on and so forth. The guns are pretty cool. Um, but I'm, I'm talking about single-player campaign here. Uh, so my favorite gun is the magnet gun. Basically, what you do is you shoot um, an object, like a, a big steel pipe or something. And then after that, you shoot again, let's say on four bad guys. The steel pipe will get up and start hurling in that direction and take oh, them all wow. out in one shot, which is really cool. Or you could take the alien... And, and then shoot the building, and then the alien gets hurled towards the building, and the building, if it's collapsible, <laughs> it'll just crash and just tear everything down, which is pretty cool. So it is cool. i got to be honest with you. It's really cool. Then you get basically another mode where you can rebuild. So let's say there's a bridge that's broken. Well, you can actually sh- – I don't think it's a weapon. It's more of a, a secondary thing where you can actually rebuild. It's on your wrist. And then you rebuild like a broken bridge and things like that. It, it is really cool. Like, I mean, I was impressed. So let's say you demolished the whole area and you needed to get up to a certain area and you blew the stairs out basically with aliens by, with the magnet gun or whatever. Well, with your hand, you can rebuild the stairs and then make your way up there. Pretty cool. Wow, that's innovative. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, I was, and you, what you can actually do is that, let's say you got a box and you blew a hole through the box. You can go hide in the box and rematerialize the box and hide inside. That's really cool. <laughs> so so you get all these really cool... They've really changed the weapons and things like that in this red faction. I'm going to love it. I mean, I, I like playing it already. What I played was a near final build. Like, I think it was a gold build. Um, it was pretty much bug-free from what I saw. The story is a pretty good story, I must admit. I liked red faction before, but this one here is... Even better, basically. You know, it's that simple. Multiplayer, it's all the same stuff, but uh, there's different modes. There's one mode, I forget what it's called. I think it's called Demolition. Not 100%. But basically what you have to do is you have to, in the shortest period of time, destroy stuff. Yeah, that was in the last it, one. No, no, but this is uh, in the single player? Is it, it, like you no, go in by yourself? No, no, this goes in by yourself. Like you have uh. a level and you're, you're in a sort of an area... And basically, you're blasting quick stuff as quickly as possible, and then at the end, they give you a score. And at the event, they were pegging everybody to, to beat everybody's score. I came in fourth, but it's hard. It was hard to crack the twenty, whatever. I think it was twenty thousand uh, mark or twenty million. I forget what it was, but uh, it was uh, it was pretty cool. It's uh, you know, multiplayer is multiplayer. You can there's some co-op in there too, by the way, which is really really fun. So. That's for Red Faction. Uh, it's on my radar. I don't know about you guys, but uh, 
I'm looking forward to it to be honest with you. It's, uh, I had a lot of fun playing that game in particular. Any, any, well, you've played it, Adam. You were saying the, the previous yeah, one. Yeah. I, I, I liked the previous one. I never finished it because it was just, the open world was just, it didn't steer Big you hit. along. Okay. Well, that's so what this that, better at, I must admit. It, well, it's it, good. It helps it drive you. I won't say it's linear. You can't really tell it's linear. They do a good job at sort of masking it, but you, you do sort of go along a set of caverns and things like that, but it is a lot of fun. I think it's, uh, their best one yet, you know? So it's pretty cool. Next one we'll talk about is, uh, Space Marine Warhammer 40k. Built in your hometown there, Adam. Uh, I don't know if your hometown, actually Vancouver. Okay, first, first of all, do you guys ever, have you guys ever played the Warhammer 40k, uh, mm, no. uh adventure, no, your own little it. guys? I, I wasn't much of a role playing guy either. Uh, I have a few friends that are big into this thing. And, uh, truth be known, Warhammer 40k, my experience playing it was, uh, terrible. Not that the game was terrible. It's, it was an alpha build, a pre-alpha build. The thing was not terribly polished. Don't get me wrong. I was able to get the good gist of it, basically, to, to go, well, this has great potential. It's basically Gears of War without the cover system. It's a third-person kind of shooter. And he, the guy looks and tumbles like Marcus Phoenix or whatever, you know. And uh, basically, the game looks incredible. It looks really, really good. It, was, it wasn't a lot of fun because it kept crashing like a hard the machine would hard lock. But I saw Ooh. that the game... But the thing doesn't come out to log in. So it's a ways away. It's six months away. You know what I mean? So from the time I had played it. So they got lots of time to clean up the bugs. The game does look like a lot of fun. But okay. I don't, I can't really sit here and say, this is going to be awesome. It looks awesome. It sounded awesome. But it kept crashing on me. And I saw other people that were having fun with it. And uh, they, I asked them their opinions after. And a lot of people were like, well, it was rough. But, you know, they saw the potential there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you kind of got to keep that in mind when you go to these things that they, they say it's a pre-alpha build. And some people walk out of there and they go, whoa, it was broken. Well, of course it was broken. It was a pre-alpha build. You know? <laughs> so they knew that, but they just wanted to see the people's reaction. I told them, I said, that it's a positive reaction. It's just that I couldn't really experience it terribly well because it kept crashing on me. So, uh, But you know what? Thumbs up goes to them because it looks great. And... Uh, I can't wait to see it, basically, when it's final uh, final stages. So, you know, mm-hmm. it maybe it might not have the story. I don't know. They didn't really show any story at the event. So, uh, but I think just have it maybe uh, check it out if the demo comes out or whatever. So, Well, do you know if there is going to be a cover system implemented? Or is it just... I don't know. There wasn't one okay. that build. I okay. don't think there will be, but I don't know. There wasn't one that I was able to see. At the thing, I could be totally wrong, but you know. Mm, last game, MX versus ATV Alive. We've got an interview uh, with Elliot Olson from THQ Phoenix, and we're going to play that right now. We're here at MX versus ATV Alive at the THQ event. I'm going to introduce, let him introduce himself. Uh, go ahead. Yes, yeah, so this is Elliot Olson, lead designer, MX versus ATV Alive. Uh, it's on everyone's mind, basically. How does a THQ plan to make? money with a $40 game so maybe jump into that uh, as far as I won't say the bigger plan but how you guys plan to roll it out you know really you know in the end yes it's about making money but at the same time you know the game industry is always changing and we have to be able to try new things unfortunately THQ is letting us try something and really the whole goal is to get people playing the game sooner and get them in at at a cheaper price and let them expand so obviously we'll, we'll make some money through the DLC plan but that's not necessarily the requirement. It's more or less trying to find a foundation of getting players into the game at a more inexpensive price and letting them expand it how they choose to, to play it. So, you know, it's it's going to be really cool to see how it plays out because it's not just, you know, about money because, you know, we're giving away some amazing stuff for free. And we're not keeping all the cool stuff for your cash. Like, you know, the Stuart Compound, free, right? Like, cool. two tracks, free ride, you know, there's a lot of good stuff there. Cool. Now, DLC is a sort of a shaky subject when companies, they'll follow through with it. Some of them ditch it because of whatever reasons. Uh, I'm sure you guys have a more long-term plan planned out. How long of a period of time are you guys planning on rolling stuff out DLC-wise in a sense of on an ongoing basis? Uh, you know. Yeah, so for, for this DLC plan, and in order to make this 
this new business model work. We have to commit to it, and we are committed to it. Um, so basically what we did is we took the same approach that you would think of like music, for example. Like you know it comes out every Tuesday. Um, much like our, our certain things in our game, you're going to know it's going to come out this week or this is going to come out every other week. And so basically for, you know, you're going to get a bulk of stuff up front because at some point people tend to switch games. But our, our initial plan goes beyond six months. And, oh, you know, cool. there's definitely over 100 items. I don't know the exact number, but it's not like we're going to do a couple tracks and then just see how it goes. Like, we've fully committed to delivering a lot of uh, high quantity of stuff. So at least six months, people can look forward to a good, steady rollout of absolutely. DLC. Oh, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it's going to be one of those consistency things. Like, you're going to know, you know, that this, this type of gear comes out here. Or these helmets are, like, every other Thursday or something, you know. So, so you guys are rolling out certain types on certain days. And yeah. And, then, and the nice thing is, is, like, it's really hard on, on either platform to, like, know when DLC comes out or where to find it. And we have our own new store that's right in the game. And so it'll tell you absolutely when there's something new. And you can, everything's categorized. It's really easy to go through and find. And you can look and see what you want or don't want. So you don't ever have to, like, try to find it or hear about it. It's, we're going to tell you every single time. Cool. What platforms are planned for uh, Alive? Yeah, so um, this is a very focused game, and so it's definitely hitting the mainstream of the 360 and the PS3. Okay. Is there a PC version planned, like Reflex was yeah. later on? Or? Um, I don't know what the decision is on that. You know, PC is a hard thing because sometimes, you know, there has a, there's a big push behind it, and a lot of people are playing it, and then, then it kind of dies down for a little bit. You know, like I said, we're focused on the consoles right now. We'd love to make a PC game, but right now, um, don't have an answer to that. See how it goes. See how it goes, yeah. All right. Now, what are the new key features of the game? Meaning, okay, uh, terrain deformation is not a brand new thing, so maybe just highlight what's really, really new. In yeah, so the biggest thing builds off of things that aren't new, right? Um, you know, we had the deformation already, we had the reflex controls and, and, and the, all that. So we have the bar bang system, which is new, and that just basically, it's kind of twofold. One is that the collisions are much better, like you don't die on the track anymore, and if you do get cleaned out, like it's completely legitimate. And it just lets people race harder, like it sucks racing and you don't, you're always scared to touch somebody or get run into somebody. And now you actually have to race to the first corner. So anybody that's going to be lagging behind reflex style, to like clean out the inside when everybody crashes, that's not going to happen. So the bar bang is really important. There's some stuff tied to that in the game. Probably one of the bigger ones as well is our progression system. You know, we don't have your traditional career anymore. You don't have to go race buggies or, or do this on trucks <laughs> or do freestyle when you absolutely hate freestyle. So there's only um, dirt bikes and quads, basically. That's it. Just dirt bikes and quads. It's truly MX and ATVs now. Um, and it's been a long time coming, and it really just boils down to like, it, like I said before, it's trying to get you to play the game how you want to play it. And so if you're playing offline or online, it doesn't really matter. You're always getting your rider XP leveled up. Your vehicles are leveling up. You start on a stock bike and got to get to a full factory modified bike. There's a big difference in gameplay there. Um, you get bonuses for playing online because typically your competition's a little bit harder. Yeah, from what I can tell, you get XP everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. yeah. Even, you know, for all kinds of different stuff. So, you know, it's just a, it's a lot funner way to play the game and do something a little bit different than what everybody's traditionally used to. Even down to like the statistics at the end of the race. Like it's not a first through twelfth list. It's like who had the most crashes, who had the most passes, who had the most bar bangs, all that kind of stuff. And that all feeds right into the race goals and everything else. So it's a really tight system. Cool. Without getting into too many details, uh, you've highlighted a couple, the collision system being one of them, about things that were improved or uh, just better. Um, can you elaborate on the, the finer details in a sense? Not too many, but just like uh, like you were mentioning, if you got bumped into an AI, you no longer get taken out basically anymore. It's, yeah, it's so more... Some of the key ones are just really quick are like, like just from a control standpoint, like everything has been really finessed and polished, so it's a lot smoother. It's not as twitchy. Like the PS3 owners will be really happy like when you go in the air, you're not gonna flip upside down if you barely touch your sticks. Like it's really kind of one-to-one with 360. Um, talked about the collisions I mean the best is probably to give examples like if you're coming into a corner and somebody bumps you you're not gonna get spun around backwards you're gonna be able to actually get hard race hard and try to get out of the corner and catch them in the next corner if you do crash because they cleaned you out it's gonna be completely legitimate it's um, I did notice that yeah it feels <laughs> a lot more um, real and authentic um, the other example I gave earlier is like you know 
it's really hard sometimes not to land on somebody. You know, it's racing, you're jumping, everything else. And before, you'd always instantly wreck if you got landed on. You know, we made that change that, so no, you don't wreck. You know, it's just hard racing. Um, even visually, you know, uh, going down to, we changed our lighting, we changed our texturing. Both games last time kind of suffered from a draw and distance kind of thing where things looked a little blurry out in the distance, especially on PS3. That's completely wiped out. There's all that detail and stuff in the distance. Um, so that's, that's really awesome. Cool. So that's the kind of stuff we were hoping to get there. Um, uh, what other question? Now for the hardcore motocross gamer questions. Yay. And I put on there detail out the career. Well, there isn't a career. Right. Uh, it seems like it got whole thing got turned onto its head. Since there's no uh, career, this kind of nullifies this question a little bit, but uh, maybe you can elaborate a little bit why the career was completely taken out, because since, I won't go as far as Motocross Madness, but since the MX uh, THQ series, there's always been a career, and this year with the DLC strategy right. being very, uh, well, I won't say too risky, but a little bit of a a risk factor there and then the, the the career to some people that love just to play the career never go online if you can yeah, sure. elaborate a little bit on that well when you had a lot of different careers right we've had ones that are point series you know a lot of the hardcore guys ask you know I want to race like six races for points and you know we agree that's a fun way we've had the whole chain of things where you have to go from this event to this event to this vehicle to this vehicle and honestly it really comes down to we're trying to develop our players into better players and give them a more full experience. And the easiest way to do that was to go to an XP system in the vehicle system so that people could play the way they wanted to play, they could you know, level up their riders, earn the stuff that they earn in the game, get their vehicles going, and it just made more sense to um, guide the player that way as, a, as opposed to a traditional career. And um, it's not to say that that kind of system won't necessarily feed its way back in, but we really wanted to create a new foundation of how to play our game. And and just the other part of it was just we wanted to unify our offline and online play, and so we're always earning XP, and it's a it's a challenge so to the run. XP carries over from yeah. wherever you are. Exactly. Basically. So it's it's a challenge to create an offline experience and then have some system of career online as well because everybody's jumping in and out of rooms. They're having their private sessions, playlists. Um, so really, honestly, it just it made sense for this. It plays really well. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of work. You get a lot of wealth out of like playing through and getting rewarded for everything. I mean, anything you do in the game, you pretty much get rewarded for. Cool. Now, this is more detail-oriented versus uh, sort of broad-stroking stuff. A lot of these guys are that basically follow these games. They're really particular about oh, the, the, the smoke coming out of the exhaust, kind of little things. You know, without splitting hairs here too much, what are the some of the interesting things you guys have, you know, really pinpointed? Like I noticed, you can actually see the knobby uh, tracks, like on the textures, a lot better than even reflex for that matter. That when you got up close, you can actually see the embossed indentations of each knobby, little details like that. That if that you know, they could be a little technical or whatever if... Uh... Yeah, no, that's cool. You know, we get, obviously get a lot of feedback from our community. There's a lot of good feedback, but there's a lot of bad. You know, our community is very vocal. And it's not that we don't like that. We, we read all of it. We like it. And the thing that everybody has to understand is, like, you know, we can only do so much or we have to make choices. But the cool thing is, is that the stuff that we were able to do for this, like you were saying, you know, the detail, the terrain, making the dirt feel a lot more real, the deformation looking better with the lighting... Even going down to saying, hey, you know what, we want hydroplaning in the game. Like, you know, that's not something we necessarily had to add, but it's one of those little details. You know, we could say the smallest detail of all would probably be uh, uh, redoing our audio again. Yeah, the audio was right. a big fix. So, you know, that's a, that's, you know, half-jokingly is more of a bigger Tell us fix. more about the audio. Like, you explained yeah. it to me before, but for the, the people listening that, yeah. what, what compared to Reflex to now, what, what was the process in a yeah. sense of not too many, right. you know, right. unveiling secrets there? No, but, no, you know, there's not any secrets to actually unveiling. Just to set the record straight, we've always recorded real bikes. And that's always been a question. It's just, it actually comes down to how you record them. And we've done it differently over the past. Sometimes it sounded better, sometimes that. And, you know, in Reflex, we are in a dyno room with a soundproof booth. And it worked okay, but for our hardcore people, they could pick up on the differences and understand that, it's, no, it's not that. And it's hard. It's too clean. So what we ended up doing this time was um, I took all the bikes to the track and um, 
basically we created our own system. We, I had a SWAT vest on with Velcro and had a DAT recorder that sat on my tummy. And then on the back was, um, we built these two microphone holders out of PVC pipe and rubber bands. <laughs> and those were on the back pointing down. And so basically all I did is I took each of the bikes out on the track and did about 100 laps each and tried to um, just basically ride as hard as I could and get all the audio. Probably the hardest part was actually uh, getting all the panic revs and stuff. It's really easy to do when you don't mean to do it, but it's really hard to do when you turn, especially on a 450, because the front end comes right back up. Um, and then basically took that back to our audio and put it in our engine, and then added some new ways to track it. So you really will see that not only does it sound real, because it is, um, but we put a lot more into it. So like you let off the gas, like it, it uh, you let off the gas, it decels, right? Or if you're on a 125 going up a hill, it actually bogs out. Um, I did notice that. Yes. It sounds really good. So, you know, there's a lot of things that people gripe, and it doesn't mean that we don't eat ourselves either. It's just a matter of being able to logistically do it or not do it, and it just happened that we were able to finally take a really good stab at the audio and really put it where it needs to be. And then, yeah, like you said, the detail down the terrain, you know, there's a lot of talk always about rider body position and stuff, and there's some trade-offs there between, like, ragdoll and not ragdoll. There's a little bit of weather effects, too, that I noticed with the snow. Uh, yeah, there's some ambient stuff. There's some dust blowing around. There's some snow blowing around. Um, because that wasn't there before, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, you'll see some trees sway and different things. I mean, there's just... The biggest thing was really trying to make the environment feel like a, if it was to become, like, a real national race, it could. Right. Yeah, maybe it's in snow or maybe it's in a tropical island or something. But then at the end of the day, that doesn't really matter. care. Right? It's really about the experience and the jumps and the corners. So Cool. This one I probably know the answer to already. We'll be there a track editor, but probably not. <laughs> yeah, so, you know. Or even a you know, console one. I, the track editor is something that we talk about every single time, much like a PC or something else. And it really comes down to priorities and what we can build and what we can't. And if people don't know, well, for the most part, I would say this because some people might disagree on some things, but we always, if we're going to do something, we, we give it our best effort to do it right. And up until this point, that it hasn't been in the cards to do a track editor the way that it really needs to be done to be on a console. And yeah, so, it's going to be difficult yeah. on a console. So I won't say anything as far as a no in the future, but it's always at the top of our list every time we start so this game. So in this version, there isn't? Yeah, so for this script version, no. But um, we'll, yeah, we'll just see what the future holds. I mean, It'll we, be interesting to see the ability to do some uh, custom stuff, kind of like Far Cry did with uh, yeah. Ubisoft a yeah, while sure. back where they had their own yeah. servers upload stuff. But yeah. The good news you is... You can always dream. <laughs> yeah, the good news for us is that while it's the fifth game in the franchise, I probably have a list of probably five or six pages of where the game could go. Like, we're not tapped out. And we have lots of stuff on the table of where we want to take this game. The wish list is still yeah. large. Yeah, and so, you know, and that's still part of that wish list. And I don't know where, where it'll come in, but there's a lot of things and a lot of ways to take this game. So it's, it's pretty cool. Like we're well, not There's definitely a, an evolution that I've seen just even from Untamed and even Reflex. So that it's, it's nice to see the whole thing moving forward and not... Uh, like some other franchise, sometimes it's a step back yeah, and it's no yeah, good. And we're not done. We have some surprises even coming up in the near future. So Cool. Uh, release date? Uh, yeah, so our, we're releasing May 10th in the States, and we're actually worldwide that same week. It's the first time that we've done that. Um, so that's really cool. So the, now Europe and, and everybody else doesn't have to wait two months to get the game. It'll be that same week. Cool. Any final words uh, of wisdom as far as... Uh, what people can expect, uh, yeah. or ex maybe expect to see that play the game if they they're just listening in or whatever yeah. that they can say. Well, we'll have booths at super whatever supercrosses. Yeah, definitely get out to the last three supercrosses if you can. We have the game there on PS3 and Xbox, so you can kind of see what I'm talking about about them being the same. Um, you know, if you weren't a fan of Reflex, definitely give a live a try because the controls and everything have made it much more uh, approachable, fun to play. And if you're a hardcore guy. You know, you might have to deflate your ego a little bit to uh, get fast again, but in the end, you'll see what we're talking about, and it, it's it's awesome. Cool. Sure. Well, thank you, Elliot, and uh, we'll chat later. Cool. So basically, uh, MX versus ATV Alive uh, is coming out on May 10th. You guys know as well as anybody that I am a huge motocross fan. Nuh-uh. I, I don't make that apparent in any way, but uh, basically... I, 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 I wasn't busting their chops. I was really, really curious and uh, from you know hearing the interview and everything else, the stuff that's said in the interview. 
But for me on a personal side of things, I wanted this to happen in this fashion. Maybe not the price drop because you guys know that it's going to be a $40 price tag. Right. Yeah. And, and they're, they're gambling. We talked about this in the last podcast, but they're gambling big time. Instead of being 60 bucks, it's 40 bucks and they're going to make their money on DLC. That's a hell of a gamble. I, I Good luck. Say. Good luck is, I think, the best way you can tell these people. That, that's right. I mean, I hope they succeed like everything else in life, but they're hoping to make their money on tracks down the road. And I told them this, and, you know, God is my witness, so to speak. I'm not much religious, but God is my witness that I told these guys about five years ago. I said, you guys need to make a game and then put stuff out for the next year. Basically. Mm-hmm. Now, these guys are going to be putting out stuff for six months, they said. In the interview, they, they've confirmed about six months worth of DLC at least. And then they're going to play it by ear. The game doesn't sell. The DLC doesn't sell. Well, of course, they're not going to drive themselves into the ground and, you know, go bankrupt, basically. So um, they, they're committed for six months worth of DLC, which is good. You know, so a lot of companies, well, the- they say that. But, yeah, go ahead. Well, six months, depending on if it's actually six months where you get a release every single month. Yeah, apparently that's what it is. They're going to do... There's six months worth of stuff coming out all the time. Right. I don't know what to what level or whatever, but... uh, Well, with the DLC option, granted, yeah, I can understand making the price point cheaper so that way more people can purchase it. But at the same point in time, very few DLC actually become huge sellers. Uh, you know, you've got the big ones like Halo Reach, you've got map packs from Call of Duty, uh, Mass Effect 2, Red Dead Redemption. All of those are huge. Why? Because the title itself it's associated with is big. Well, that's the thing is, how well is this MX versus ATV DLC, like how much revenue is this going to generate for them given the fact that the MX versus ATV is it's not really on the same level as a Halo or a Call of Duty or a Gears of War or Mass Effect. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, you Adam? You, you've also got to factor in now that every game uses the one-time online code, so it's it's hard to say. I mean, yeah, they're gambling, and it depends on how good their DLC is going to be. Well, that's the thing. Like, they said they're going to release tracks. They're going to release uh, factory bikes. They've announced, uh, I think... Uh, Yamaha and some other company. I forget. They're factory bikes, like uh, the brand name bikes. In the game, out of the box, there is none. You're going to, because there's licensing issues, they got to pay these people. So they're going to let you download a Honda bike, let's say. A Honda may not be in there, but basically they may let you download a brand name bike, is what I'm getting at, at whatever, how many points. And you're only going to buy the the bike you want. You're not going to go buy all the Suzuki's or the Kawasaki's or whatever. Someone, someone that's not up into all this stuff isn't going to know, like if they put in the game and, and see that, oh, this game only has two tracks. And no, no, there's online. a lot of tracks. No, yeah, but I'm just saying, right? I know what you mean, yeah. The it's, way this works is like this. The way that the, the game is structured, there is no career mode at all, unlike the, like the previous game. So it's a racing game with no career mode. Basically what you do is you accumulate XP by driving around the free ride tracks or the supercross tracks or the national tracks or the short tracks. And the level of uh, XP that you accumulate going through all that stuff. So basically, uh, you could be playing by yourself, single player against the AI, and you'll get XP. You go online, play with your friends, you'll get XP. And the more XP you get, the more access you have to unlocking different things uh, that's also included in the game. And then there's stuff you're going to be able to to add like personally between you guys and myself is just the tracks i'm interested in and the bike brand that's it they have a suzuki or kawasaki or honda or whatever a brand name bike and the additional tracks because that's been the biggest thing these type of games it's not like halo where oh it's a whole new adventure this is there's an arena it's a track and you swap that out with the dirt bike engine in there, and that's it. You know what I mean? Like the physics of the dirt bike and the, the terrain deformation and whatever. But th- these type of games don't have much of a story. Bob the Racer wheeled his dirt bike. XP 600 <laughs> points or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't right. work like that. It's just a racing game at the end of the day. They don't care if it's Bob driving or somebody else. But it, you know what I mean? Like it's just an out-of-the-box racing game. Yeah. Like, I guess. There's going to be a long way to go to teach uh, consumers that 
you know, you're paying 40 bucks for this game for them to expect another $20 out of, out of people to make that, you know, the difference up. Mm. That's not going to happen in one title. That's not going to happen in, in a few titles. I mean, that's going to take a long time to train people to think that, you know, I'm getting a cheaper game so I can spend the rest of this money on the DLC. It's obviously someone's got to start somewhere. Yeah. Um, like you can I, buy the game from what I'm told. You can buy the game. You could not ever go online and you can level up your guy, race all the track, and do whatever you want and your guy and you can unlock stuff. It's a self-contained game. It doesn't 100% depend on DLC. Basically, if because you buy it for 40 bucks, you'll get probably the same amount of fun that you did in the previous game. Just no campaign, no career. But you can single player through all the track. And there is, uh, I forget how many tracks, but there's quite a few tracks in there. It's not like they just put in like six tracks and here, thank you, see you, goodbye. It's basically, as you get more XP, you unlock the other track. If you go online, you get XP, you unlock the track. You know what I'm saying? Like it's all more of a, a leveling system with your rider, basically. So, I don't know. I, I, I wish them luck with it. Uh, from what I played from a game perspective, they really cleaned up the physics system. The reflex system, they're really, really big deal with that. So uh, they really fixed all that. I'm really happy that they, they streamlined it. They actually put some some assists in there too so that if you're not a great racer kind of thing, you can turn them on and it helps you keep you on the track and not be in the woods all the time. So that's a good thing. But I, I hope they make their money because uh, I hope it's not a failed experiment. You know what I mean? So Right. Yeah. Thank you, THQ, for sending us there. Uh, hope to see you guys at E3. So, all right. So let's, uh, Mr. 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 Variation. So let's talk about Rio first and then jump in the portal too. How's that? Sure. So Rio is a movie, a game based on the movie that's out now. Um, that movie you know, any good, first of all? I haven't seen it yet, to be honest. Um, okay. It doesn't Are look that bad. Right? No, no, not yet. Come on, it doesn't look nice that bad. I mean, I like person. those... Yeah, I like those digital animated movies. I mean, they're always there's always some adult humor in them, right? So yeah, right. Um, no, I haven't seen it yet. So I was already cringing, you know, a, a game based on a movie. Uh, that's always but those things. Luckily, THQ, what they've done is it's not based on the movie. I mean, yeah, it's got the characters and stuff, but it's not like you're reliving the movie. This is actually just a mini game, multiplayer party game, kind of like Mario Party style. Okay, cool. So it's a bit different, which was kind of nice. Um, it's all these different kind of events. Uh, you can have up to four players. Um, you each pick your, you know, your favorite characters from the movies. You, you, you get points. There's all these different modes. Um, it wasn't bad. I mean, it, kids are going to really enjoy it. And what they've done also is it's actually only thirty bucks at the store. Thirty. Yeah. Really? Wow. So I'm hoping this will start a trend, you know, and maybe this will help remove the stigma about, you know, movie-based games. But it wasn't much That's of always a, a crap hype, shoot, and you know it was I mean? just using the name of the movie is kind of the best way to describe it. But, I mean, you've got oh. all these different multiplayer games. It, it wasn't bad. Some of them are challenging. Some are easy. You know, your, your kids are going to enjoy it. It wasn't bad, to be honest. Like how, uh, what would you say the age group would be for, for a game like this? Um... Under ten, yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, my there's only a couple that I crash had challenging yeah. time with. There was only one or two, but aside from that, any kid will. I mean, well, look at the kids that kill you on Halo and and Call of Duty, <laughs> right? So I don't think this is be any. <laughs> so. I don't think we were talking about the same kids, but hey, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what yeah. kind of kids a play six, with a six-year-old in a Halo. <laughs> I've been you. killed by some six-year-olds in Halo, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damn, and you love Halo. <laughs> so overall, the game was pretty good. I mean, it's obviously meant for you, you a particular age. Yeah, mean, you take it what it what it's meant for, right? Is it's a multiplayer kids game that they can pick up and play for you know ten twenty minutes and stuff like that. So cool. So that's good. Uh, what about Portal Two? You got a chance to play Portal Two? So Portal Two finished the single player, finished the multiplayer. Some of the most absolutely brilliant writing and line delivery you'll you'll ever hear in a game. The, the voice actors they got for it just did just an amazing job. Like 
you actually laugh out loud at the game. Like, just some of the lines they say is just going to have you cracking up. Um, cool. GLaDOS is back, so, I mean, she wants her revenge for killing her in the first game, and uh, the puzzles get much more complex. There's more... It's not just a map pack. It's actually... There's a lot more new stuff to it. So you've got these different kinds of gels that, you know, a blue gel will make you jump. Uh, a, an orange gel will make you run really fast. So you've got to... You've got to use portals to put the gel where you want it to get, you know, to progress. So it gets pretty, pretty crazy later on. There's two. I got to see that at E3 last year, and I was impressed. I yeah, really it, it's really good. Two-player co-op is its own entity, so it's its own story. How many uh, players? Two-player. And okay. I honestly thought it was going to be, you know, you have the blue portal, I have the orange portal. No, each player has their own two portals, so there's four portals at once. Oh wow. oh wow! Just the scale of some of the puzzles because of it is just insane. You actually need a second person for the brain power to figure out some of this stuff. Because I was just stumped on some of these until my friend, you know, figured it out. Wow! So, so overall, it's recommended. Uh... Well, absolutely. If if you even remotely like the first one or interested in it, it's it just goes above and beyond. It, it you're gonna get what you expect out of it, but they've gone over the bar with just how well it plays out it's it's not as i want to say the first one was very twitchy where you had to fly in a portal turn around real quick find that thing on the wall before you hit the ground this one's not as intense like that but it's more more rewarding i i, oh, I kind cool. of found so well yeah i bet when you finish some of those harder ones it feels like its own accomplishment in its own there's there's not very many puzzle games that can make you feel so stupid but then to figure it out, you you just you feel like a genius for like wow I I just figured that out so and cool. you need that moral boost every once in a while you know yeah, <laughs> also, yeah right you'll be stuck for quite a while and then you'll all of a sudden figure it out and it's just this this light bulb that just comes on and you're like how the hell did I not see that so, oh that happens all the time in these games sometimes <laughs> you're running around for hours and you're like what the hell you yeah. think it's game the game's broken. And then it's like, oh, it's not broken right here. Yeah. Well, especially the co-op levels. There's just somewhere I thought there's no possible way. But, you know, it's absolutely a game that needs to be in the, in the collection. Oh, cool. I was really impressed. When they showed it off last year, they just showed a bit of the story. That robot, uh, the female robot, I guess is the best way yep. to describe it. She was angry. <laughs> Very angry. And, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty humorous, the lines she, they give her. And there's new characters that are just absolutely brilliant and the line delivery is just I, I sound is a 10 out of 10 it's just wow a, because okay. portal one started off just being this thing that was thrown into the orange box wasn't it yeah exactly yep. so now and it's now so they made this thing, thing this huge because it was so popular i remember people flipping out over portal one and uh, i had a lot of fun with portal one and I was like, wow, this, this is like its own game in its own right. It's, you know, you're just sort of blown away that, and now they've made it into a, a bigger experience, which is really. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty long. It's a uh, single player is about, you know, your average, you know, uh, six to eight hours. Co-op is another about the same length. So, I mean, it's, it's got a good length to it. Oh, good. Uh, and there's, they've already good announced the buck there from what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, and they've already announced the, the first DLC is going to be free. So they're adding more stuff to it as well. Oh, wow. That's cool. so, That's going to be handy. Yeah. Have you played Portal 2, uh, Brent? No. No, I have not. You can I... go run your hiney to the store and go buy it then. <laughs> I, I was playing Portal 1 and literally, like Adam was saying, I guess I just don't have the brain power. That's why you guys <laughs> keep me in this cage. You know, and like I almost broke my controller. He until... that connect block. Oh god! Yeah, Don't even the, get me started. with part one was it, a lot of the puzzles were very twitchy. You had to be very yeah. precise, very quickly. Oh yeah, they fixed that in part two where they're not as dependent on that. Well, I mean, it would help though to go through and play the original Portal to get the story. Yeah, and it continues the story. So I mean, you're gonna want to know who Glados is and why she wants her revenge and you know stuff right. like that. Cool. Yeah, it's awesome. really good. Well, thank you, Adam. That sounds like a, a really cool thing. Now we got Brent here. He's going to talk about Red Faction Battlegrounds and oh, wow. I get Combat. Not, not, you can talk. Which one do you want to talk about first? Uh, I'll talk about Red Faction since it ties into what you uh, got to experience. Now, this it, is an arcade title, first of all. It's not right. a full-blown game. By right. Name. It is an arcade title, but 
Some of the cool things about this is that uh, it's also a pre-order bonus for free if you pre-order the new Red Faction game. Oh, so wow. yeah, so you get this full arcade title for free as a uh, as a nice little pre-order bonus. I think you yeah, bonus. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. And the thing is, is it's like your basic car destruction demolition derby game. There's different types of missions such as survival and race through the checkpoints and stuff like that. And there's different vehicles and there's even things that you can unlock in the retail game through this arcade title. So if you don't want to wait and you want to start uh, going through and going through the different challenges, go ahead and pick it up and then start unlocking stuff for day one when the retail game comes out, which I personally thought is a brilliant move to tie everything in. Cool. Yeah. So for how many points is it if you were to go and buy it, or is it only available to people that pre-order? No, it's not available to pre-order. Uh, I want to say it's it's 800 or 1,200 points. It's got to be one of those, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's got to be one of those. That's usually the standard rate. But that's cool, though. I mean, have other games done that before? The pre-order, here, get a free little game kind of thing? Has other games done that before? Only a few. Like, I know, for example, like, Fable 2 had their pub games that you could get. You know, that was free. Uh, Dead Space Ignition, that came with Dead Space 2. Uh, So, I mean, very rarely do you see... A game come out. They give you a game to buy a game, basically. Exactly, and a game where you can unlock stuff for the retail version. That's really cool because you you have to admit, like, you buy the game, you're paying what sixty bucks or whatever, seventy, whatever the price is, Mm. and then you get this little game that would have normally cost what ten to fifteen dollars anyway. Yeah. So knock so, the yeah. You know. So if the price is fifty nine ninety nine, knock ten dollars off the price for the arcade title, and bam, there you go. It's a budget title now. Yeah, and companies you, should do that. I mean, the budget's yeah. pretty high to do something like that to put out a game for a game. But uh, well, exactly. Like the, the it, I mean, cycle, well, collectors editions and stuff like that. They offer one thing, but it's better. I feel personally, like my two cents is just to get more content. So if they can say, well, sure, you you can pre-order this game, and just for pre-ordering it, we'll give you $10 worth of this content, or we'll give you all this other free content that you can earn and start unlocking stuff, and, you know, that kind of stuff I feel is almost sort of mandatory now as we're going forward in the, you know, evolution of gaming, because people want more for their money. They don't want to, you know, feel that they paid $60 for a game and they get it home and it's stripped down and then they figure out, oh, well, okay, now I need to spend 10 extra dollars for something that could have easily had been in there. So that's cool they, that they did that. I'll be yeah. honest with you. I think that's a cool move. Yeah, that was definitely a brilliant move. But yeah, it's a fun game. I mean, it is. It's. I mean, you get your different vehicles, different weapons, and all this kind of stuff. It's It's a lot of fun. It's, it's very addicting. But the sound, oh, God. God, is it annoying! <laughs> like, oh my God! Like, it talking got about uh, the audio file here, guys. Thing, it's it's just god awful. It is like I found myself actually turning the volume down just so I didn't have to hear it. Uh. I mean, it, it was bad, and that was that was a big letdown for me because you figured you'd have all these different arenas and environments and everything like that. They could have done something more grandiose and everything and better but i mean then again it's an arcade title yeah you know exactly. so i don't you gotta think look at mo- it for what it is right exactly exactly so well, i don't talk know. about a game that everybody i think here has been waiting for since they announced it brent and i got to see it last year we walked out of the room where they were showing it with our barbie hanging on the floor <laughs> barbie horse adventures no uh mortal kombat Mortal Kombat! Yeah, it's back. Oh my god, is it back. <laughs> okay, hold on. First of all, who's played it? I've played it. Yeah, I, yes. I got it. Tell us about Mortal Kombat and we can jump in. I, I mean, I got to see it last year at uh, E3. Plus, I got to see it at X10, which is a Canadian mini, very small E3 where they preview some of the games. And uh, Warner Brothers happened to be out there and I got to see it. Before Brent talks about the review slash what he thought and all that. Adam, you've played it. What do you think a little bit? I mean... I'm, I'm just glad Mortal Kombat's actually back now and it's not the DC debacle we had before in the last game. That was game. Midway's attempt at that, wasn't it? Yeah, it, but it wasn't a Mortal Kombat and there hasn't been a good Mortal Kombat since, I don't know, what, three? Two. 
Three was pretty good. <laughs> then when they made stand-up arcades back then. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I'm, I'm glad Mortal Kombat's back. And you it's definitely, it? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely evolved, I mean, with the meter at the bottom and stuff now. I mean, Brent can go more into depth on that, but it's definitely a new age Mortal Kombat. Cool, let's have it, Brent. What do you think? Well, it's one of the deepest fighting games I think I've ever played. It's got, it offers so much for the gamers as far as not only do you have your regular classic Mortal Kombat arcade ladder, but you also have a story mode, which is roughly, I'm pretty sure it's about 18 chapters long. So it's a really, really long storyline, but it's really good. Um, some of the voice acting kind of eh. Some of the voice recordings as well, like Shang Tsung sounds like he's whispering. So yeah, that's you don't kinda... play Mortal Kombat for that though. No, no, but I'm I'm just getting a little <laughs> bit of the details the package, out of the way. I think. You know, exactly I think doing the package deal. Hey, pretty much what you get is a very deep fighting game. You get your test your might is back. Your test your uh, you get a new mode called test your sight. And then you get a new mode called Test Your Strike. And then you get another new mode <laughs> called Test Your Luck. Now, Test Your Luck is pretty cool because what it does is it starts you out with your character. You get a preloaded character, and you have a slot machine on the top. Hit the A button, the slot wheels will spin. You go ahead and wait. First thing it'll do is it'll choose your opponent at random. Then what it will do is it'll go through three extra wheels of different variants. So you could have something called meteor combat, where fireballs will randomly fall from the sky, striking the ground and burning anyone that they hit. Or you may get blocking disabled, where no one can block, and it's just an all-out onslaught. All of these things and more are completely random. And... Cool. Yeah, and that to me was a great thing because it was like, wow, was just, you know, because before Mortal Kombat, it's just been fight, kill, fight, kill. That's it. And it's not been, you know, a bad thing for this, you know, for the series, but to get back to the original 2D roots is what everyone has been clamoring for. And thankfully, NetherRealm Studios apparently listened to everyone and they said okay you do want these gory over the top fatalities you do want those back in you want the 2d side scrolling you want that you want uh updated graphics with you know character modeling and everything like we'll give you that you want the you know the basic play control back to the way it used to be so we'll give you that and it, it pretty much stripped away a lot of the fluff that had accumulated throughout, like what Adam was saying, with the Mortal Kombat versus DC. So it stripped away a lot. That was a bad l- game. Very Holy bad. Crap, that was bad. Very bad. But it stripped it all away. And it brought the core of Mortal Kombat out to what the gamers wanted. And so, I mean, me personally, I know I'm probably going to take flack for this, but I'm calling it now Fighting Game of the Year for that one. I think it's better than Street Fighter, better than the Super Street Fighter. Better than the Ultra Turbo Deluxe Super Alpha (laughs) EX Street. Exactly. It's better. It's the best fighting game you can find on the 360. For this year, you think? Well, who knows what they're going to come out with next year. Yeah, that's cool, though. I mean, you know. I like what I played it, to be honest with you. I like the the close-up X-ray bone shatter mode or move or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The X-ray modes. Yeah. And that's the thing is there's so much innovation. Like Adam originally mentioned it, the, uh, the, the special meter down at the bottom, there's three different modes. And, uh, starting out the matches, you'll always start with one, uh, one meter bar already filled out of the three. And what that gives you the ability to do is you can use a, uh, a special move, which for instance, if you shoot one fireball, now you shoot two. And so by doing that, it kind of can change the gameplay. So, for instance, with Johnny Cage, if you throw, if you use his super fireball mode, then instead of just shooting one arcing shot, you can now shoot two. So, I mean, yeah, it works out really well. If you're a Street Fighter guy, it's like using the EX move, basically. Exactly, exactly. And then obviously with this, the, with the second bar of the meter, you get what's the, it's a combo breaker, which is pr- pretty self-explanatory. But the beautiful thing is that now it's so easy to do it. You don't need to fumble around and be like, okay, I need to hit back, down, Y, X, forward, B, you know, you don't need to do that. It's just forward and block after the first hit. Done. 
And it's so simple to do, which is great because it can literally change matches instantly. And then if you save it, save your special meter all the way up for the third one, obviously it's the x-ray move, which, I mean, you just sit back and watch. I mean, Kano's x-ray move is absolutely, I think it's one of my favorite, where he literally takes his knife and stabs it through the thigh bone of each of your legs and then bashes in the front of your face. Like, it is one of the most brutal things, like, yeah, it was. It, they're just enjoyable to watch. They cause a ton of damage. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're just fun. They're they're fun to watch. I mean, I'm not saying it's a family game by any means, but yeah, it's it's fun. So, but yeah, Mortal Kombat is definitely a must-have. If you're a fighting game fan and you don't have Mortal Kombat, you're not a fighting game fan. I mean, <laughs> that's just, that's it. I'm I'm calling it throwing down the gauntlet. Damn. Yeah, I'm throwing it down. Threw that's down the good gauntlet. though because I was impressed just what they showed us what I've played so far it, it, it it's back Mortal yeah. Kombat is back uh, it sucked before it really did anything released on Xbox original Xbox and 360 it was uh, you know it was just a steaming pile of you guys know what you know what I mean it was just bad altogether. Uh, you know it's one of those things where they just redeemed themselves which was really good and I feel I like that when they do that to games because they'll do that the games will drive them into the ground. They'll take a franchise and they'll crap all over it, and yep. then they take then they give it to people that actually know what the hell they're doing, and then bring it back to where it should be, and people are really really happy, and it makes a great game. That's that's what I like about it. Like yeah. I, I I wouldn't be surprised, guys, if this happened to Assassin's Creed one day. You know what I mean? You, where, can, you can definitely tell that Ed Boon had a more hands-on with this this version. Oh yes, that, he's the creator of Mortal Kombat. Is yeah. that? Oh, yes. He's yeah. the original. Yeah. Uh, well, the other ones the he didn't. He didn't care or what? Well, I no, think they was... were just trying to like. Ever since three, they were trying to do too much. And Mortal like... Kombat, really. I mean, I'm surprised they were able to make two damn movies out of that franchise. <laughs> you know, I was watching them the other day, and I was like, oh my god, the first one was not bad. The second one was horrendous. But oh, that's yeah. grasping at the straws. But I think the realm, the world. The brutality, all that stuff, I think is pretty cool. I mean, it makes for a really cool game. Uh, mind yeah. you, I'm not letting my children see that. <laughs> uh, I, I mistakenly let my son look at uh, me taking out somebody with Raiden, but uh, I Whoops. put a quick stop to that real quick. But uh, <laughs> my wife was coming down; she gave me the evil eyes there. But <laughs> but basically, it's uh, I'm really happy that's what they did with Mortal Kombat. So. Yeah, um, the, the story is amazing. Like, I can't give it enough credit. They did a tremendous job implementing a very high-quality story to this. Mm-hmm. So. Well, exactly. Well, I'll tell you what, that's good. Let's uh, let's move on to a couple of other things. You've been doing the news, Brent. Tell us some, some news here that's been, you know, uh, you were talking to me earlier today about uh, some interesting news there. Why don't you... Well, yeah, the, it's a uh, rumor or whatever, you know. Well, no, it's it's an actual, it's fact. It's straight from Cliff Blazinski's mouth. Uh, apparently, uh, Cliff Blazinski came out today, or uh, technically yesterday, and said that originally he wanted to put Master Chief in Gears of War three. However, though, the reason he didn't get the okay from this is because he pretty much wanted to dismember Master Chief. <laughs> <laughs> he, he wanted to see what it would be Cut like. Him in half. Exactly, to have his head explode and rip Master Chief's arms off and everything. And Microsoft kind of frowned at that. So, yeah, they pretty much gave him the no-go for that. I don't know. Adam would have frowned upon that. Uh, (laughs) Variation here would have went, no, shame, shame. Take that out. (laughs) No, but what would you have thought, like, Adam, if they would have went ahead with this? Would that have broke your heart or you would have been like I knew they would have gone ahead with it, so I'm not worried. Yeah, 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 whatever. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, really. If they if it would have happened, would you have been? Mad? No, really. I knew it wouldn't have happened. So, <laughs> I mean, it was it was a push to get them to get Master Chief or what was her name into the DOA fighting game, and that was a struggle enough. So, oh yeah. Anyways, they, who was in DOA again? Was it Master Chief in DOA? No, it was a female Spartan. I can't remember yeah. her name. Yeah, it was just a female generic Spartan character. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Any yeah. other? Cool news? Any rumors? Any uh, 
if you go to the Facebook page of Assassin's Creed. Really? And yeah, there's actually, they are calling upon the community to reveal the next game. And so they're right now, I think they stand at around 20%, 22%, somewhere around there. And the more community support that they get, the faster the game will be revealed. So if we want to know what this new Assassin's Creed is, then yeah, we got to get off our tails and start revealing it. I was on well, that instantly nobody. because I, I'm still waiting to find out what the hell happened after the end of Brotherhood. Oh, wow. yes. <laughs> With basically E3 coming around the corner, so there's a bunch of rumors flying around. If I want to talk about the PlayStation Network, has been down for about a week. Oh, I don't know if it's still down, but it's... I just got some new news on that too. And <laughs> I, I look at it this way: I've been, I'm not a big PlayStation fan. I'm not even on their network, but I have some friends on my Facebook that keep crying and that their poor network is down. Some of them don't care, some of them do. But apparently, this is what happened. Apparently, the guy who hacked the PS3, his name is GeoHot, apparently. Sony, being the geniuses that they are, they didn't want to hire him. They wanted to put him away. So apparently that upset his friends, and they proceeded to hack and dismember the PlayStation out of spite, basically, so that... Because they were running after some other people, too. See, if Nintendo had half a brain... Not Nintendo, sorry. Sony had half a brain. They would hire this guy and say, can you fix our stuff so other people don't hack our stuff? You know what I mean? Like, what do you guys think? Do you think they should have hired him and said, okay, come and patch our stuff or just put him in jail? Like, I mean... No, I think they should have definitely hired him. And that's the thing that I didn't understand. It's like, if someone can expose a fatal flaw in your network... And in your infrastructure... Or device, whatever. Right. Why wouldn't you hire this person and say, hey, okay, you know, we'd like for you to work for us and let us know where we messed up. But maybe because they haven't, you know, or they thought too highly of themselves to begin with, they thought, well, we can do this all on our own. We don't need the help of anyone. And But now, apparently, what I've just read recently was that the U.S. Congress is getting involved along with the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security here in the United States. And apparently the rumor is that what's currently out there is a list of 2.2 million credit card numbers for sale. Wow. And apparently not only do you have credit card numbers, but they also include the three-digit uh, security code on the back. Oh, wow. Addresses, emails, everything. And the thing is, is that apparently these hackers gave Sony first crack at purchasing the list back. And they said, you know, if you want the list back, here you go. It's going to cost you. And apparently Sony didn't do it. So We don't the, negotiate with terrorists. Exactly. Know, is what they said. <laughs> and so then they said, okay, fine. The list is up for grabs. And so now people have to go and they get their credit cards replaced. They have to change their passwords and everything. But the thing is, is that... It also costs money to replace cards. Three to five dollars a card to get it, you know, just to make the card to be replaced. Because it would have the chips in there now. It's not just a chunk of plastic anymore. Yeah. Exactly. So imagine the cost of a, of a banking company having to replace, you know, a few hundred thousand cards. That's insane. Well, yeah, that's insane cost. What do you and think, so Adam? I want, I want to hear Adam. He's been pretty quiet here about this. <laughs> Well, my my card's on the network there, so I'm I'm just I'm checking. Is my it really? Oh yeah. Wow. Um, and it's You're same email and password for my Xbox Live. So I mean, change it, dude. Change well, your password. Oh no, I've I've done that already. No, but like uh, these guys get scaved away with something, and and Sony, I think Sony's just too proud. I think is what it is. These guys have apparently the guy, the GeoHot guy, went up to Sony and asked them to give him a job and. Uh, you know, to help them fix it, and they wanted nothing to do with it. I don't know. Again, there's two sides to every story all the time, and maybe we're getting the the more dramatic end of things. You know, we'll talk and, about something else. But I mean, I really think that this is a serious issue. If this happened alive, holy crap, man! It's larger than the PlayStation Network, and if if this happened to Microsoft, I hope Microsoft would do the I won't say the right thing, but the logical thing and hire the guys and say, okay, fix our crap, or help us plug the holes and you know that sort of thing yeah well, exactly any chance to make your company bigger and stronger and better and perform you know better for the public is perfect well, at I the mean, end of the day the consumers are the most important thing you know you exactly. think people are going to actually 
like right now, I have no desire to do buy anything on the PlayStation Network. No. Like I mean, you know, and apparently what these hackers did too is they made everything free. Yep, that is a huge, huge, Anyways. huge violation. So what do you guys think of this high def Wii? Anybody excited? Who's got a Wii? First of all, do you have a Wii, Brent? No, don't have a Wii. Adam? <laughs> yeah, it's got about an inch of dust on it. Okay, I I personally couldn't care less. I I it's one of those. Uh, it's about time. I'm not a big Wii guy. My kids like to play uh, the Wii. He's a big Mario fan. My son, and essentially. They, I have a hard time hooking this thing up to my amplifier with HDMI. Right. I, I've hooked it up now and it works and everything else, but an HDMI cable would have been a hell of a lot easier to plug in into a small console like the, the Wii, you know? Right. So it's like, oh, man. But anyways, I'm kind of glad if the rumor is true that if it happened, great, you know, so... We'll, we'll find out. I mean, of the official statement was that they'll have a, a actual working console there at E3. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll definitely, you know, we'll have to check that out and report back to, you know, the listeners. And I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, I was going to do this special announcement. Basically, I want to announce that Xbox Addict is going to have an app on the Android market and the Apple marketplace. So the iTunes store, basically. It, there's, it's basically to, to get in the forum, so it's going to be free. It doesn't cost anything. No advertising. Uh, it's currently right now on the Android. Brent here has, has, has had a chance to test it. Adam and I are going to be testing the iPhone part of it, but stay tuned. We're going to have an app to peruse the forum, so you'll be able to stay in touch with Xbox Addict on the road uh, and check out the forums with the community and everything else. So it's a big deal for us to have an app. I have our own little app. And the way you're going to search for it more time with me is a good thing. So, That's right. And basically, the way you search for these apps is basically you go to the iTunes store or uh, basically the uh, Android store and you type in Xbox Space Addict and the app should come up uh, no problem. So have uh, just keep an eye out for it. We'll make an announcement on the front page of the site and everything else, but we'll take it from there. So anyways, good night, everybody, and say goodbye, everyone. Bye, Bye everyone. Bye, everyone.